Hello and welcome back to another episode of You Want to Do What? Today we've got Adam on, who's a data scientist. Hi, Adam. Hello. How are we? Yeah, I'm all right. Thank you. Yourself? Yes, all good. Nearly at the end of the week. Um, Should we jump straight in then, Adam? Yeah, sounds good. Do you want to tell everyone a bit about what you do? Yes. So I am a data scientist at a geospatial technology company or geospatial intelligence tech company. Um, Essentially, what that means is we try to, our business is understanding where things are and why they are there. Um, We specialize in like the maritime intelligence sector. So we do basically vessel tracking and we try to understand the world of global shipping, which is a pretty big, pretty big, um, pretty big industry. Um, for like, for example, you may have seen recently the Ever Given got stuck in the Suez Canal. <laughs> yes, um, that. that was like that was like Christmas come early for us. We were that was a busy week. Um, so, in terms of my specific role, mm. um, there's hundreds of thousands of ships moving around the world at any one time. While they're moving around the world, they're broadcasting their position as well as some other information. So, there's effectively millions of data points that are being broadcast to do with where ships are every minute. And my job is to try and get some understanding from that data. So I write software algorithms to try and understand what's happening in the world um, in terms of shipping and try to predict what may happen next. So is that the definition of a data scientist then? You, you look at data and try to make it make sense? Yeah, you're trying to make sense of data. You're trying to extract value from data. Okay, and did you go to university and study this, or are you self-taught? Or um, I'm I'm a bit, to be honest, a little bit of both. I went, I did a chemistry undergraduate degree, so nothing to do with data science. But then after my undergraduate, I did a PhD in uh, theoretical physics, um, wow. during which I. Basically, I wrote simulation or designed simulations, wrote algorithms to analyze the outputs of these simulations. Um, So that's all quite similar to data science. So using software engineering practices to basically try and extract value from huge amounts of data. That was effectively like what my PhD was in. Um, And then I went and I did a little bit. I spent a year working as a postdoc, so like like a full-time researcher at university. Didn't really enjoy that. but I had all of the skills from my PhD to go and become a data scientist. So that's what I, that's ultimately what I did. I'm not necessarily sure if I actually, to be honest, that's quite a common route into data science. There's, there's a lot of former academics who've done PhD, spent a lot of time dealing with data that you sort of, you just naturally pick up and generate when you're doing like these advanced degrees. Mm. And then they end up going in and becoming data scientists off the back of it. Okay. Uh, but not necessarily a, full, a formal education Sure. in that and, sense. And, and data science, is this something that can be applied to a multitude of different industries? Yeah, that's, that's kind of the beauty of it, to be honest. You can work you know, across the business space, really. So I gave a little introduction to what I do in geospatial intelligence, but that's just a tiny, just sort of single example of it, really. You can go and work in, um, you know, f- you know, banks in the financial industry and 
you know, try and predict and understand how markets move. Mm. You can go and work in retail. So I know people that work at um, as data scientists for Sainsbury's. So using machine learning to understand or to predict the needs of certain shops ahead of time so that you can you can sort the logistics out beforehand. Like, wow. it could, you know, you can work anywhere. And the beauty of it as well is every single day, companies are starting to become aware of the fact that they need, that they're, you know, almost, if you've got a website, for example, you are generating data for free. Mm. Um, and you need data scientists to try and understand that data. And there's, there's always value in data. Well, this is this is a really uh, interesting conversation because we've recently started having people from the world of software development and, and coding and and that kind of world on the podcast. And my mind's been really sort of blown by the scale and how quickly companies are like, oh, right, we need to catch up here. You know, let's develop our own software. Let's manage our data better. Are you seeing this industry really starting to sort of explode and, and grow now? Uh, yes, I think so. I mean, I'm not entirely sure about how much it's, if it's, if it's been recent or if it's been gradual, mm. but so on the data, thinking specifically about data science, one thing that I've noticed is the roles in the data science sort of sphere, they are starting to become a lot more specialized. Mm-hmm. So I've got in, in my job, I kind of do a little bit of everything because it's a startup and we can talk about that if you, you know, the, what working the startups like if you want a bit later but yeah. in other i think so in larger companies you will have data engineers so people who are just solely focused on how to manage data you have data you have machine learning engineers who are specifically specifically thinking about how to take machine learning solutions and deploy them so that customers can see them uh, you've got just specifically data analysts or um you know software engineers they all they all work in the data science sphere if you will and um, but work on different parts of the of the the pipeline if you will mm. so uh, that's that's the main thing i've noticed recently is that the whole field is starting to almost diversify a little bit and become quite specific in certain areas okay and how much of the job is dealing with code and coding versus managing databases uh, I mean, they're they're arguably quite similar things. I mean, so in, as far as coding is concerned, um, you have to you have to do it every day. I don't think, in terms of skills, I would say that's probably the main skill that you need to get in. Um, your question earlier about, excuse me, your question earlier about degrees, mm. you could maybe get away with getting in without into data science. That is, without having a degree, but you would need to demonstrate exceptional software engineering skills i would say mm-hmm. um because it's used because you have to use it so much um like every single day i would spend three or four hours looking at code looking and developing code um so that is that is a key skill i would mm-hmm. say as far as the database thing is concerned like i personally don't have a huge amount of interactions with databases but um yeah you you other data science as well because it can be quite big in other other areas okay so you mentioned you know you're working at this this startup um and you know what's an average day there like for you doing this this role as data scientist uh very very varied um i think if you were i think if you worked in a bigger company you would maybe have a slightly more 
settled and structured um sort of a day-to-day life Mm. Uh, startup can be a little bit more chaotic as you sort of jump around to meet the needs of customers and because it's a slightly smaller well in many cases quite a large or quite a small small team Mm. um so day-to-day um it changes a lot this week for example um i refactored some legacy code um i wrote a lot of code earlier in the week to produce data visualizations that were going to go into one of our front-end platforms that mm-hmm. customers will, will get to see. Um, last week, I did a lot of software deving and I did a lot of data investigations. Um, so like looking at data, basically basically data analysis. Mm-hmm. Week before that, um, I was building and deploying machine learning algorithms to AWS. So very, very different day-to-day. Um, but I think that's just working in the startup really. Sure. And um, what what really excites you about about the role you're you're currently in? Um, I really so f- currently the, re- the thing I enjoy about my role is the subject matter. So I, like I alluded to it earlier, like there's data science jobs everywhere, and you will get in all of these jobs you will get to. You're not going to be applying the same skills necessarily, but it'll all be relatively similar from a just from a like a technology but like technology point of view mm-hmm. um the real advantage that i think i've got in my role that means i you know i really enjoy it is the subject matter so the world of global shipping and investigating trying to use data to investigate and understand um for example the like oil illegal oil trade um so how, how is iranian and venezuelan venezuelan oil making it into the global markets um, against international sanctions. That's one of the projects that we've been working on recently. Wow. And yeah, it, it sort of passes the can you talk about this in the pub test. <laughs> um, and, a, and I think a lot of a lot of like data science problems you could put people to sleep. But I think the I think the subject matter that um, we have at GeoLact is quite interesting. That is really cool. Are you guys using it? Um, are you, you know, is ins- insurers using it? I've, I've got a background in um insurance breaking and that sounds like something that insurers would be sort of very interested in to to track their risks and things like that yeah that, absolutely we're we work a lot with um yeah maritime insurance companies mm. as well as we also do a lot of work with um f- so we do like freelance investigations where someone would come to us and say look some we think x has happened at the, in this particular part of the ocean can you like, can you shed any light on it? How cool! We'll so you, you're and... using tech to investigate things that are happening all around the world. Yeah, exactly. That is so cool. Yeah, so like we looked at we've, we look at oil spills. So who was responsible for this particular oil spill in, you know, the Persian Gulf? Or um, a vessel has crashed into another vessel. Who did it? Or one we did recently, I, to be honest, I probably should watch what I'm saying. I might be in breach of several NDAs here, but you... <laughs> Yeah, um, we did one recently where um, a ship was stolen, like an oil tanker was nicked, and we used um, so AIS data, which is the data like the ship tracking data, mm. and satellite imagery to find out where it went or who nicked it. Wow, that is really cool because you know there's nowhere to hide now. You've got this kind of uh, the power to be able to track data. It's really incredible. Um, yeah, but that, cool. going into like the personality traits of a data scientist, I mean, uh, you know, you don't have to go specifically into your industry, but just in general, is it always having the skill to be able to find and analyze things? 
yeah, I think you have to be pretty analytical um, as a person. Um, persistence is pretty key as well, because in a lot of cases, you can be staring at you're staring at a computer screen for a long period of time, time trying to understand you know, why your code isn't working or um, try to make sense of statistics or whatever. I think you have to be pretty per- persistent and just stick at it. Mm. Um, I think curiosity is a pretty, pretty big one, pretty important as well, because you have to, you have to want to find things in the data. You have to be curious about what you're, about the subject matter. You have to like want to go and find these things. Um, and then I guess the final one is um, problem solving. You just got to like, you've got to like problems, like solving problems. Mm. And for you, what would be the biggest positive um, working as a data scientist? What do you take away from it? Uh, problem solving. I just like I like solving problems. The, yeah. um, I think having a a long like a long project that culminates with like you open up in our case you open up one of our front end platforms which are maps with data on these maps like a live view of the world. Mm. Um, opening up a opening up one of our platforms and actually looking at it and seeing some of your solutions deployed and like there in front of you that's quite cool. Like getting from start to finish in a project. Mm. Uh, Give me, I'm quite naive to this whole world of of development and stuff. So this might be a silly question, but are you involved in both front end and back end kind of things? Or is it, do you specify in the the back end? Yeah, I I stick to the back end. Okay. And Uh, that's common for data scientists in general? Yeah, it would be. It would be. Okay. Like the only thing I would really like, I've I do a li- like I would spend a little bit of time using Python to output um, like HTML that goes into um, the fr- certain front end tech, mm-hmm. but not a huge amount. Like the majority of my time is spent just staring at like just wrangling data and trying to pull information out of it, and then it, I'll save that in a you know a database or. You know, somewhere sensible for then the front end people to pick up and display mm, okay um what would be something that is uh less favorable or slightly negative about working as a as a data scientist um i mean it's not all what what, what it's like in the movies i guess <laughs> um so i think yeah i think it i think one of the things is if you watch if you if you watch any like TV show or movie that talks about data science, so the Brexit one is quite good, where Dominic Cummings is played by Benedict Cumberbatch. Okay. Uh, I can't remember what it's called, but anyway, in this in this like like mockumentary almost of the whole Brexit thing, they you they talk about how they used essentially machine they they hired a data science company and they used machine learning to basically target voters, which is all like quite interesting like what what they Mm. actually got up to was quite interesting um it's not all like that so i think all of the like if you look at all of the really big tech companies some of the stuff that they're doing is really really cool i think in the smaller companies the solutions are much more simple because often like the, the most basic solution is generally the best solution i find so i think like i wouldn't necessarily get into it for the glamour of data science which there definitely is a little bit. If you're if you're sort of if you follow those circles, data science can seem quite quite glamorous. But there's a lot of there's just a lot of like staring at statistics and trying to you know trying to you know find simple solutions as opposed to the big like world changing 
data science projects that are often depicted in like popular culture. Yeah. Um, so there was only one other one I would say is the nature of like solving these big problems that take a long time, like like projects that take multiple weeks, is it can be quite hard to switch off, mm. which is something that I definitely struggle with. Um, like it's it's quite difficult at the end of a day if you're in the middle of something that you you know you really want to you you can feel how close you are and you're not quite there yet. It's quite hard to switch off, and that's another issue I would I've I've often find. Okay. And at this point, we usually talk about sort of average salaries in in the uh, industry. So we go away and look for some data. Um, well, obviously, quite ironic, but um, yeah. it, it it apparently around fifty thousand pound would be the average UK um, sort of income for a data scientist. Does that sound right to you? Where'd you get that data from? Can you send it to me so I can send it to my boss? <laughs> I can indeed. Yes, we just put together a load of basically just use the internet and put together some figures um, from from different sources and and come to that figure. But um, apparently that's the average. But I guess it's skewed a lot because, like you say, you can work in so many different industries. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I think generally I, the start starting salaries I've seen would be somewhere between like twenty five and thirty thousand okay. pounds. I think with a bit of experience, you then you can then push on to maybe somewhere like thirty five, forty. 35 to 40 mm-hmm. um after a few years i think the, the average salary yeah you're right would be around fifty thousand. um and then again you sort of see adverts for manager or lead data science roles which would be sort of in excess of 60 okay okay and have you got any tips or advice for anyone listening to this and thinking i'd love to get into data science is there anything they can do or is it a case of uh, hey look go to university and, and study something along similar lines to, to what you've done or anything else i would say so if you so i would say try and have i try and have some like personal projects that you work on yourself like there's so many free data sets out there Mm-hmm. like so many free data sets just find find a problem that you're interested in find some data and just play around with it just have something that you can well on the one hand find you can do this and find out if you actually really enjoy this this topic like find out if you really want to be a data scientist by doing what a data scientist does um and then on the other hand you also then have a bit of like you've got some stuff to talk about in an interview like one of the because one of the things in data science at the moment is there's a lot of like primer courses out there to teach you the basics. Mm-hmm. Like there's loads of, you know, um, basic like Python for data science or basics of machine learning courses. And they're quite, I'm not saying they're bad. Like they're, they are quite good. I I use them quite a lot if I need to like learn something new. Mm. But I think one of the problems is they don't teach you all of the, they don't teach you all of the other stuff that's required like for example like so you could you could do like 20 of these courses but to be a data scientist you have to be able to do all 20 and then stitch all of them together like there's the bits in between the courses are kind of sort of forgotten about so by actually going away and having a few i'm sorry so what 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 i mean by that is when you then come into like when you interview people what you'll sort of find is that quite a lot of them won't have necessarily actually done any data science projects themselves they'll have just done a load of like online courses and there's nothing wrong with that but i think yeah. if you really want to stand out if you've got that and also oh and i applied all of this knowledge to this problem and 
you know, here's what I got out of it. You can, it just makes you stand out a little bit more. I think it's really interesting. You say this because I, you know, we've done, we've done over a hundred episodes of this podcast now in loads of different careers. And nearly everyone has said the same thing that you're saying about how to stand out now in the world of work. Like it's Mm. all well and good putting a CV out there and saying, you know, I've, I've done this and that, but if you can actually show some practical application or something that you've got a bit of a passion about and you've you've created a bit of a side project, you you stand out way above everyone else, right? Exactly. Yeah. It just shows that it shows that you really want to do it. Like if you're if you're doing this in your spare time, it shows that you're interested in it and mm. you're not going to like it shows that you're interested in it and it also shows that you can deliver on things. I guess that's another thing that's quite key is being able to like, so this is the sort of thing you see with academics all the time is you can, an academic, I, I spend a little bit of time in academia and what you've always found is that like academics will spend 20 years trying to take something that's 99% perfect to being 100% perfect. <laughs> and during that time, all of the other academics who are working on this topic have just got bored and moved on. Mm. Like in industry, the key thing is even if something isn't necessarily 100% perfect, if it's if it's going to take you 20 years to get something to get that last you know to get that last step you know who cares nobody's yeah. going to see it for 20 years you need to get things over the line and actually deploy them so if you've got a couple of personal projects that you've like taken an idea and taken it right through to conclusion and completed it and then you've got something like you can for example everyone can get a free github account you could host your little project there um if you're, you know, if even if you're like, if it's not data science, if you're a front end developer, for example, you can use um, GitHub pages to basically host your own free website and you can okay. deploy stuff there. Just have having little things that you can talk about in interviews. I just think it's it just makes you stand out that much better. Definitely. And you sort of mentioned machine learning a bit earlier. Is that a big part of, of what you're doing? It really does depend because, again, startup culture, we sort of jump around quite a lot. Um, my role is mainly, so we may, probably should have mentioned this earlier, to be honest, like data science is, there's a lot of different parts of it. Under, so under the umbrella of data science, you've got um, data analysis, data engineering, um, like machine learning, machine learning, engineering, all of that sort of stuff. What I find is that my role at the moment is kind of more on the software development, data analysis, um, data engineering, sort of mm-hmm. part of the umbrella. If you were an out-and-out data scientist, like in a big company, you'll spend every every single day will be spent doing machine learning. Okay. In in my role, because I'm it's because it's more startupy, uh, less of my time is spent there, and it's spent sort of in other areas. Um, and I think that's quite common in data science in general. You can find there's people who are called data scientists who don't necessarily do a huge amount of machine learning. Whereas there's other people who are data scientists who will only do machine learning. For those of us that are um, slightly naive to this world, what actually is machine learning? Um, You've you've put me on the spot with a technical (laughs) question. Yes. Machine learning is if you have, if you have a huge amount of data, there is, there are going to be patterns in that data. Okay. The whole point of machine learning is you're using this data that you've already got to identify patterns and trends that you can then use to try and predict the future. So a simplest example um, would be like, like, I don't know, like a time series analysis. You look at 
how something has evolved over time. And you use that snippet of information to try and predict what it's going to do off into the future. Wow. So in the case of, so I mentioned it earlier, the like the Dominic Cummings, Benedict Cumberbatch Brexit movie. Yes. In that particular case, they were using, uh, so they had a database of people who they knew were going to be voting for Brexit. And they used, basically, they, they sort of, they used this data to identify the traits or the trends of what you would expect a Brexit voter to be. They then trolled through like the Facebook, the Facebook data to identify more people that match those trends. And then they targeted them with adverts for Brexit to try and motivate them to go out and vote because they identified these people as being wow. susceptible to following that message. So this, like the simplest answer is you're using data to try and make predictions. That sounds like an incredibly powerful tool. And I, I didn't really know that yeah, whole world was, that's amazing. Um, and for you, what would be something that would be in your job description maybe, but you never thought you'd have to deal with as a data scientist? To be honest, I was a little bit naive about like the interpersonal skills that you need. Okay. I sort of, I sort of thought I'll come in, I'll have a few few meetings every now and then and then i'll go away and i'll just stare at a computer screen and like <laughs> write code all the time in reality a huge part of your job is interacting with other people so interacting with managers other data scientists or front-end developers back-end developers to sort of you know form those form the connecting parts of a project but then also to like senior leadership so if you've spent i don't know six weeks working on a particular project you then have an update meeting with um, one of the senior bosses who's, so in our case, a lot of our, all of our bosses are like basically like former Navy. So they're not, so they're very, very smart people, but they're not necessarily data minded. Mm -hmm. So you have to be able to take what you're doing, which is incredibly technical and convey it to them in language that's that, that in sort of common language, language that they will understand. So they know exactly what you've done and you don't just, you know, baffle them with statistics. That um, is the exact answer we've had from the other people in the world of software development and, and yeah. that kind of techie world. You know, it, it could, it's such a common theme, I think. Well, we found it so far that the, you know, you want to be in the tech world, doing the tech world, but there is this, you know, interaction side where in a company you're expected to be able to explain what you do to people who literally have no idea what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, and also there's there's another element to it, which is like being, I guess you could you could just call it empathy. So. Every so often I'll sit in on a call with a client or a like on a sales call as like the technical expert or a technical lead. Mm. And you've got to be able to listen to what the customer is actually asking, understand what it is specifically that they want. Because often, I mean, in the world of shipping, you come across people who they'll they'll say one thing and they'll mean something completely different. <laughs> um, you've got to actually be able to understand what it is they want and then be able to basically say yes, that's possible, or no, that isn't. Mm. um so yeah the interpersonal things are something that i didn't to be honest i didn't really expect but are pretty pretty crucial and would you still go into this industry knowing everything you know now yeah i think it's pretty good fun <laughs> good yeah it sounds like you're enjoying it um yeah listen good. thank you so much for coming on really really appreciate your time um and it's been really really interesting to hear about about what you do um and where can people sort of find you uh online or anything like that 
Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, I guess, or LinkedIn. I think. Mm. Um, I don't know. Are you gonna? You can provide a link in the in the post you do about this, I guess, or you can. I, yeah, I don't know my Twitter account. <laughs> I can't remember. Right. We'll, we'll, we'll we'll make sure to link them. Sounds um, good. And and yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you very much.